0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith. Welcome. I'm thankful for this another wonderful opportunity to share the Word of God. Today we're in the book of Philippians and chapter 2. As we consider verse 5, and let's begin. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. By the grace of God, let's talk about the mind of Christ. As we think of this season, why Jesus Christ came incarnate, we see some things things that speak to us also it speaks to us concerning the mind that God wants to manifest and develop within our own heart and mind as we live for him note this great text here in Philippians Philippians Paul as he writes under the inspiration of God we know that this is one of the prison epistles found within the New Testament and he speaks concerning joy And we wonder how could this man who is unjustly thrown into the dungeon, how could he have the audacity to speak concerning joy? And we know that it is because of his mindset. He placed his mind on above. He placed his mind on God. He placed his mind on the things of God. And we understand that in this world, as we seek to live for the Lord, uh, we're going to have opposition. We're going to have opposition because we choose not to follow along with carnality, uh, follow along with that which is unbiblical, ungodly, immoral, unrighteous, unethical. And you find yourself uh, in jail. You find yourself in the dungeon. You find yourself a foe instead of a friend. and so. But we have the invitation here in verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus verse six who being in the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god verse six speaks of his deity that we believe in one god who eternally exists in three persons god the father god the son and god the holy spirit and they are equal and co-eternal uh, that jesus is god that is validated that is declared that is demanded Uh, Throughout the uh, Bible, throughout the New Testament, we see his deity, that he's sovereign, that he's omnipotent, and it goes on. But note here in verse 7, as we see a description of the kind of mind that he had, the same mind that God wants you and I to have as we mature in the Lord, as we walk with God, not just attend church. Uh, but pick up the Bible with the intent, with the desire, with the passion, with the longing to walk in the footprints of Jesus, to follow the master. We see some things. Note the text. There it is in verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God wants you and I to have a servant mentality, a servant attitude, a servant presence unto him and unto mankind, uh, seeking to be a blessing, to have a mind to serve. What a great text. Uh, uh, That's what it says, and that's why we're here. We're here to be a blessing. We're here to bring honor and glory to God. We're here to help somebody on this journey in Jesus' name. And so he goes further. Note there verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As we think about why he came, he came to serve, he came to die, he came to resurrect, he came to magnify and to glorify the Lord. But we see his mindset. We see his spirit. Verse 7 says he had a mind to serve. He took upon him the form of a servant. And then verse 8 says, he had a mind of humility that is not about me, but unto thee, O God, be the glory. He came and he always done that which pleased the Father. He took himself out of it. Uh, It wasn't his own personal agenda. So it is, beloved, if we're going to please the Lord, if we're going to serve well, first, may we embrace the fact that we are servants, that we are servants to the Most High God. May we know and understand that we do not have to serve, but we get to. And God gives us his spirit, which is the wisdom, the guide, and the power. And God gives us his word. His word is what we share, not how I feel or what I think or in my opinion or if it were me. We exclusively serve and serve in the same manner that Jesus served. He pleased the Father. And if that is our heart, if that is our burden, if that is our desire, if that's what we crave, to please the Father, it looks just like the Word of God from the standpoint of holiness, from the standpoint of righteousness, from the standpoint of exalting the Lord and humbling myself. By definition, the term humility or To humble means the emptying of self. Too many feel that it's about me. The Lord never asked me what I thought. He said, follow me. He said, walk with me. And the reality is, without the emptying of self, God says, I cannot and I will not use you. It also is interesting to note that God is not necessarily opposed to the promotion, God is opposed to pride, pride and arrogance. We see such passages in James as well as in first Peter, uh, the Lord says, if you would humble yourself, note that he says, you do it. He says, you don't want me to work events in your life to bring you to a state of humility. In light of who God is and what I am, may that by itself be enough for me to come to a place of recognition and recognizing that I need him, that I need him, and in him I live and move and have my being. And so Jesus, he had a mind of humility, what a great, what a great text. But note further as we go further in verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and then it says, and became obedient, he followed the law, he listened to the law, and yet he himself is the law. Well, beloved, with great clarity, it should not be a question. When we look at the Bible and see what God has done, who am I to not follow God, to decide to not follow the Lord, but to follow my own mind, my own will, my own way. Help us, Lord, to say yes to thee and to die to myself. And we see this great text. We see three things as we think about the mind of Christ. He had a mind to serve. He had a mind to be humble and he had a mind to be obedient, even unto death, even the death of the cross. A horrible demise, a shameful, a public demise. Verse 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Verse 10 that at the name Of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father we see the plan of salvation there in verses 10 and 11 that I must believe who Jesus is and I must believe what Jesus Christ has done And then after that, we have this great verse here in verse 12 where it speaks to us, after salvation we work. We do not work for salvation, we work out our salvation. The fact that God has given us at least one spiritual gift. Some have more than one, no one has them all. And with the spiritual gift, we are to exercise it so that it will do two things. Number one, so that it will glorify the Lord. And number two, so that it will edify, build up my brother and sister in Christ. And number three, may our light so shine that our works will glorify the Lord and the lost sinner man may see their need of the Savior. And so as as we think about his coming, as we think about why Jesus Christ was born, why he came, he came to die. He came to die for the remission of sins. He had you and I on his heart, on his mind. We were not born yet, but we're talking about a God who's omniscient. He knew us completely in eternity past. And he knew that I would need him, that I would need the mighty risen Lord. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you for redemption. And help me, Lord to walk in the footprints of Jesus and be a blessing and serve and make a difference that will matter for eternity. Amen. Amen. I thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith. I'm thankful for this. Another wonderful opportunity to share the word of God, to read the Bible, to explain the Bible. What a great book. What an eternal book. Today, let's come to Psalm 23. And the text says, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, What a great psalm, a psalm that bless our heart, 150 different psalms in the book of Psalms, and certainly Psalm 23 is the most famous. Here we have six verses, and every verse speaks to us concerning the service or the ministry that the Lord renders in the lives of his children. In verse 1, we see that the Lord is our provider. In verse 2, we see the Lord is our guide. In verse 3, we see the Lord is our hope. In verse 4, the Lord is our comforter. In verse 5, the Lord is our protector. In verse 6, the Lord is our assurance. Well, beloved, let's highlight today verse 4. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. What a great text as it speaks to us concerning the Lord's presence in our life when it's time for you and I to make our transition home. One thing is certain, beloved, we're not here to stay, and that one of these days the Lord is going to call, ready or not, we're going. But our aim today, our purpose today, is that we may be ready because of accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord and as our Savior. And so we turn now to Romans and chapter 10, this great book, this great passage this great promise that everyone who desires to go to heaven must know and believe in and embrace and accept. Here in Romans in chapter 10, as we consider verses 9, 10, and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as we think about salvation, we're thinking about four different things. By definition, the term salvation means deliverance. Number one, we become delivered from paying the penalty of sin when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ by believing who he is, that he's God, and believing what he has done, that he died on the cross, was placed into the grave, and on the third day rose again from the dead, and to personally call upon the Lord and to invite him to come into my heart. That is Bible salvation. I want to read it again because it's too important. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about eternity with the Lord versus eternity in hell. Note there, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess, the term confess means to admit. It means to agree It means to acknowledge with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, the finished work of Jesus Christ, as he shed his blood on the cross, and we're so glad that the blood of Christ will never, ever, ever, never lose its power, and that if I just believe in who the person of Jesus Christ is, that he's God, and that he died and rose again from the dead, and then to invite him into my heart, we are eternally saved. Save from paying the penalty of sin, number one. Number two, save from the power of sin. As we think of the devil's activity to destroy us, to deceive us. Number three, save from the person who sins, which is me. I cannot blame everything on the devil. Some of it is just me, the lust of my flesh. And number four, save from the presence of Of sin. One day we're going home. One day we're gonna make our transition home. And so we come back now to Psalm and 23 as we pick up there in verse 4. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Note that. For the believer, death is depicted as a shadow, the shadow of a building cannot fall on me. The shadow of a knife cannot cut me. The shadow of a gun cannot shoot me. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ when and because of accepting him as our savior, when we make our transition, the text says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Even at death, even at the transition of going home, we're going home to be with the Lord. The Lord is there. He promised never to leave, never to forsake, that I may boldly say, God is my helper, and I fear not what man shall do, the text says, Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm in no danger. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Beloved, one of these days, and we know not when, all that we know that God is going to call. And we pray today that You have made your reservations. We pray today that you have made your selection. We pray today that you've made your choice. A choice that will matter even at the point, at the time, at the moment of death. To know Jesus Christ and to know him in the free pardon of my sin. To know him as my savior. To know him as my redeemer. All I have to do is believe who he is, that he's God, and believe what he has done, that he died and rose again, and then personally invite him for myself into my heart that I might be saved. That's the word of God. That's the will of God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, and thank you for your promise. Thank you for Salvation, thank you for deliverance, thank you for saving a wretch like me. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. We honor you, we worship you, we magnify you, we speak of you, we bow. To you, because in you we live and move and have our being, just can't make it without you. Thank you for your love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Beloved, I ask you today, what have you done with Jesus? And whatever your answer is, that will determine where you will spend eternity, either in heaven or in hell. I urge you, I beg you, I urge you to come to Jesus while you have time, believing who he is, that he's God, believing what he has done, that he died on that old rugged cross was placed into the grave and rose again on the third day and to personally call upon him for myself and invite him to save my soul. Mother's salvation is good for mother. Father's salvation is good for father. I have to know him for myself. Now is the time. Today is the day. This is the moment unto salvation. Please don't let this moment pass I thank you